Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. What's going on, guys? I uh, hope you had a fun Sunday. Uh, it was a weird week. Like, a lot of weird scoring going on. Like, the top guys didn't really, you know, for the most part, didn't really come through. Some of them did, but a lot of them didn't. But uh, I want to talk about some injuries. Marlon Mack, he left the game last week uh, with an apparent ankle injury. I think, like, just a couple of carries into the second half. Um, the coach said, you know, it was a coach's decision according to him. He said he'll be fine for next week, but I'm still monitoring practice to see what happens. Now, if he does miss, Naheem Hines seems like the play um, against Kansas City next week because you would assume Kansas City will be up in that game um, and Naheem Hines being on the field. He played almost uh, 50% of snaps this week. Jarvis Landry left with a concussion, but it didn't matter uh, for the production because he killed it. Um, he had a great matchup in this game uh, in the slot. So he took advantage of that. Uh, his game is on Monday night against the 49ers, so he has a good shot at being. We're awaiting Christian Kirk's MRI uh, to see what his injury was at the end of that game. Uh, it looked like a high ankle sprain, according to a lot of doctors. Potential MCL sprain, but we're just speculating. We'll see what that is. Mitch Trubisky landed pretty hard on that non-throwing shoulder, so he might not play next week. He probably won't, um, but it's not necessarily a bad thing when you when you talk about like the pass catchers in Chicago, like, I'm not benching Al Robinson because Trubisky's not playing. If you're in need of a tight end, uh, Chris Herndon, if he's on waivers, he might be a free agent, meaning you can get him for free. Uh, you don't have to, like, bid or anything like that uh, because he just didn't play this week and, like, on platforms like Yahoo, um, he's a free agent um, and he won't go on waivers until tonight. If you know who you're dropping this week, um, like, you know who you're going to pick up on the waiver wire, drop them now. Uh, pick up Jalen Samuels, you know, pick up Gio Bernard just in case guys like James Conner or Joe Mixon get hurt tonight. You already have him on your roster. You don't have to fight for him on waivers. Uh, Gardner Minshew seems to suffer an ankle injury, but don't think it's serious because he did, you know, keep playing. Um, but DJ Chark, I don't think he was shadowed by, by Chris Harris. He did see him a lot, but I don't think he was shadowed. Uh, but either way, he did out-target DD. David Montgomery had a tough matchup, but the touches and the snaps are going up. Uh, 21 carries, uh, 3 catches on 5 targets. So that's 26 opportunities, 24 touches. Um, that's great. That's good news going into Oakland. Remember last week, Kerryon Johnson had a ton of volume, but the production was shit. Um, 
So hopefully that, you know, we have some confidence in carrying on to play him this week, and he did well. So hopefully we kind of see the similar similar thing for Montgomery, being confident in the fact that he'll get the workload in a good matchup next week. Okay, might be your opportunity to sell Stefan Dix. Uh, he caught 7 for 7, 7 of 7 for more than 100 yards. Uh, Phelan caught 2 of 6 targets for 6 yards. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen too often, right? We can potentially see the seesaw keep happening between Diggs and Thielen, with Thielen getting the majority of those good games. Um, you know, we talked about Thielen last week and potentially selling high um, after those two touchdowns. Um, not a huge volume, but he still got the touchdown, so it was time to sell. And I think it's time to sell on Diggs now. Um, because, you know, if Thielen gets a few more targets, you know, Diggs doesn't have this type of game. Um, and Diggs does, did have good history against the Bears. Uh, so, you know, I'm kind of trying to stay away from this whole situation. It's a run-heavy offense. I'm selling. Ronald Jones outperformed Peyton Barber last week when they had 15 carries each, and he outperformed and was more efficient than Peyton Barber this week when he outtouched him 20-9. to um, He even got a, a red zone carry, you know, within the five-yard line, so that's good for him. His outlook is looking pretty good. Jameis Winston goes to L.A. in a tough matchup against the Rams. Um, gives Chris Godwin... 14 targets. He catches 12 of them for 174 yards and two touchdowns in a tough individual matchup too. Not to mention, he didn't practice all week. He got limited practice in on Friday. Um, was questionable for this game. And then he ends up being the best wide receiver on the week. Totally, totally, totally typical, right? Um, but anyway, hope he started him. Robert Woods was definitely due. Uh, he combined for like five catches for like 73 yards or something like that over the past two weeks um, combined. So something was going to give, but 13 of 15 or 14, 12 of 14 for like 150 yards, killed it. Um, Jared Goff did throw the ball fucking like 68 times in this game. So that was a lot. It's a little bit of an outlier game. Um, so, you know, I would sell high in Robert Woods right now if I can. I like Robert Woods. I think he'll be consistent. Mostly consistent. I mean, he wasn't consistent the first few games, but that happens. I think that'll overcorrect itself. But, you know, if people think he's going to get this many targets per game... I would potentially sell that if I can. Last week, we talked about potentially buying Chris Carson low. Um, hope he did that because he didn't fumble this week. He had 26 touches, played more than, I think, 75% of snaps um, without Rashad Penny being hurt with that hamstring injury. Remember, he got hurt in a walkthrough. Um, but yeah, so right now, it seems like he has that job locked down. If Rashad Penny comes back, maybe the split kind of evens out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's his job right now as long as if he doesn't fumble. But he did kill it with this opportunity. Will Disley is continuing to kill it for Russell Wilson. Yesterday, 7 of 8 for 58 yards and a touchdown, I think. Um, and he had a great matchup, but, you know, he, this is his third straight week doing it. And because of how well he's been playing, I would look to sell high, especially if I have uh, a tight end already. And Disley was just somebody I picked up off of waivers because he was killing it. Um, obviously, you know, if if uh, if you don't have a tight end, Disley's should be, Disney should be good moving forward. Um, you know, another thing I like to do is potentially, you know, package up if someone else needs an upgrade at tight end and I want to, like, pluck one of their, like, wide receivers or, or running backs, I might, like, package Disley with, like, a wide receiver um, and then kind of get back a lesser tight end and get back a better receiver if I'm trying to buy a low on that receiver. That's one option that you can do, a little strategy for you. Um, because I don't mind... Because, you know, Disley isn't going to hit every single week. So, if I can get a lesser tight end who also might not hit every single week, it might be okay. Case Keenum got benched for Dwayne Haskins. Um, 
I think Jay Gruden was like sitting on the hot seat, so he's like, I gotta make a change. Uh, after Case came through an interception, but it didn't help because Dwayne Haskins threw three on his own. Uh, no word on whether you know uh, Case Keenum or Dwayne Haskins starts next week. Um, you know, after Haskins came in, it was like all bets were off. You know, especially with Terry McLaurin out, like who knows where the production was gonna go because we had a stamp- sample size with Case Keenum, right? Um, but yeah, no word on who's gonna start next week and no word on who their head coach is going to be either. Wayne Gallman, extremely serviceable in the absence of Saquon Barkley. 24 touches, 18 carries, and 6 catches. His involvement in the passing game was great. Uh, by the way, that workload was the highest, you know, it was higher than uh, any of Saquon's games this year, by the way. Um, but they did go up in this game, so he was able to get some volume on the ground. But 6 catches, awesome. Um, and he was he scored twice as well. So, if you started him, I got him off of waivers, and played him this week. This was the week to play him, because they got Minnesota next week, the Patriots the following week. So, another sell high? Damn, I've been talking a lot about buy low and sell high this today for whatever reason. It usually doesn't happen, but I guess there have been a couple of obvious ones, maybe. Um, or maybe I'm just like, it, you know, I got that trade itch. I have no idea. But, uh, but yeah, like, especially, you know, Saquon. Whoever has Saquon, you know, is probably hurting at running back. Um, and after this big game that Gallman had, you know, they're like, all right, well, you know what, maybe he'll continue that. So, tough matchups in the next two weeks. See what you can get. Field offers. You never know. Stoney Shepard had another, you know, pretty good game, uh, PPR game, uh, you know, in a good matchup, 7 of 9 for 76 yards. Um, now, remember, Golden Tate is coming back next week, so, you know, we could potentially see Stoney Shepard move outside and Golden Tate command the slot because um, that's where he's best. And I think that's kind of how the personnel kind of dictates a little bit. Um, so because of that, Stoney Shepard is going to be facing a lot of tougher matchups. I might be looking for, you know, a new quarterback's coming in, a little bit of stability there, and people look at that box score and they say, like, oh, look, two starts, you know, with the new quarterback. Uh, he looks looking good. Like, I think he could be a season-long asset. But if he gets moved to the outside um, with tougher matchups, tougher, tougher matchups, and on top of that, Golden Tate potentially commanding some targets as well, um, we could see Sterling Shepard not being as consistent. Um, I, actually, like, I'll just tell you, like, who, who Sterling Shepard will potentially face. There's no lighting here, but that's okay. Um, will potentially face. So, uh, so I'm going to potentially, you know, package him up, you know, with maybe another wide receiver and look to upgrade. And it'll look like a pretty good offer if you do that. You know what I mean? Like, so if I'm trying to grab DeAndre Hopkins, right? Because you want to buy low right now on DeAndre Hopkins uh, after three straight tough matchups, he didn't perform. But next week should be fine. Um, so maybe you know, Sterling Shepard plus a pretty good wide receiver too. You know, maybe um, a Juju, maybe. Ooh. Ooh, that's that's a, that's a good one. Um, anyway, so so here, here we go. So we got Minnesota next week against Xavier Rhodes. Uh, then in New then New England in week six. Patrick Peterson in week seven. Darius Slay in week eight. Byron Jones and the Cowboys in week nine. So not great. If you're wondering what happened to DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel yesterday, Christian McCaffrey had 37 touches. 37 touches. 27 carries and 10 catches. LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams was basically a 50-50 split. Um, Sean McCoy was the, he led the team in touches, but Dal Williams wasn't too far behind and he vultured two touchdowns as well. Um, so if you started him, you got some good value out of him. Obviously he was touchdown dependent. If you didn't get those two touchdowns, you're not really too happy. Uh, he was a low end flex for me, uh, but he scored. So if you have him in your lineup, great. Uh, but you know, if Damian Williams does come back, I do expect it to be Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy backfield. Um, even though Dal's playing well, 
uh, you know, I think Damian, you know, fit this offense and for a reason, especially in the passing game. So we could, I could see him going back to, you know, the primary pass catching role and LaShawn McCoy having a little bit of role in passing game, but being that early down back. Austin Hooper is continuing the momentum of his career. Every year, he's, like, increasing the amount of receptions. He quietly had, like, 70-something receptions last year. Um, and now you got the Dirk Cutter effect, who has had good tight ends, like, throughout. He has a good history uh, of having good tight ends and producing with tight ends. So, you know, this is not a, a surprise, but, you know, we didn't know if we were going to see it. Uh, but, you know, if you if you put them late in your drafts, it was a great late-round target, and, and it's definitely working out. Calvin Ridley has had a couple tough matchups. Um, so, you know, he hasn't produced. And, you know, I think going forward, like, you have to look at those matchups, and he's more matchup dependent. Like, Houston is a good matchup for him. Um, Arizona is a good matchup for him. So, you know, I'm totally willing to play him in those games. Now, I, you know, if you need a wide receiver three, you know, and you kind of want to put a couple scraps together to go get him, I probably would do that because I think better days are ahead. Um, and I think, you know, he got a couple of bad games out of the way. I would try to get him now. Sony Michel was back out of nowhere <laughs> this week with 17 carries. He didn't do much, but it wasn't efficient. Uh, but, you know, who knows what it was a product of. I tried to dissect this last week, but it, I don't know. Every time I try to do it, I'm like, oh, man, something changed. But, I mean, Rex Burkhead, you know, wasn't completely healthy. He was a game-time decision. He was limited all week with that foot injury. Who knows if that played a factor into it? What if he was healthy? You know, I think of all that. So, uh, as far as Sony Michel goes moving forward, you know, it's still a dicey proposition. It's nice that he saw the 17 carries, right? And it's not like they, you know, got Damian Harris involved. So that's not there yet, which is a good thing, right? That's not what you want if you have Sonny Michelle. Uh, but we'll see moving forward. We'll see if Rex's health affects anything moving forward. 